Welcome to the SBP Podcast, episode 87. I'm Susie Botello, your host. Hope you're all ready for the new season and that you're all doing okay. Our guest for this episode is Anthony Z. James. Anthony shot a feature-length film now playing on Amazon called Ghost. He shot the entire film with a small crew and an iPhone in London. Now we're going to discuss mobile filmmaking and storytelling. How important is storytelling really though? Ghost is a greedy crime drama and if you've not seen it yet, then I hope you'll go and watch the movie. Before I introduce you to Anthony, I want to share that SBP, which is Esbotello Productions, launched an exciting new platform for smartphone filmmakers last week. Mobile Film Stories is a video streaming service for only smartphone movies and videos, and it features an open community space to connect and collaborate. Now, the platform is still in its infancy, so it's a great time to get in and earn revenue from your mobile films and watch films that inspire you. MobileFilmStories.com is for you, and we hope to see you there. So stop on by, watch some films, and say hello. Are you ready to listen to the wonderful things that Anthony Z have to say? Let's go. Welcome back to the SBP podcast. I have a special guest here uh, all the way up in the UK. We are recording this on September 11th, the morning of. It's uh, about six in the morning here in San Diego. And in the afternoon there, uh, we're talking to a feature filmmaker who shot his entire film, uh, Ghost, with iPhones, um, and uh, his name is, uh, now remember this name, his name is Anthony Z. James. Anthony, how are you? I'm great, Susie, glad to be with you. Glad to be, I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Uh, We've already started talking a little bit about uh, what we have in common, and I can tell you Anthony is very passionate about storytelling just as I am. Uh, but he made a wonderful film, and um, before I talk about that film, though, Anthony, there was something that's really attractive about your film. Uh, Anthony contacted me uh, late October, I think it was, or early November last year, um, invited him to come to San Diego, but then, you know, this whole pandemic happened, and we didn't get to do that. Uh, But Anthony shared a little bit, uh, with me that the story behind him creating this film and and making this film has to do with a, a personal story of his and um, and I also Anthony you you were in your teens when you started making uh, short films in the first place so I wanted you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just share with them. Uh, before you talk about Ghost, who is Anthony and why on earth would Anthony make movies uh, in the first place and then shoot one with uh, with an iPhone? 
that's uh, a really good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, just talking w w where the filmmaking started for me is um, I was probably 14 and I went to this art school um, at the time and we used to do little summer camps uh, in June where a whole class would go somewhere in a, in a, in a rural area, in a village or somewhere, and uh, just paint nature and um, stuff like that for like a couple of weeks. Um, and we had some downtime. Uh, and somebody had a, had a little mini TV camera. And they started playing around, just like messing about with it. Um, and after messing about with it for, for a while, they, they, they said, okay, let's, let's do something else. Let's, let's, let's make a little story. And I think I was maybe, I don't know, writing okay essays or something story related. And they invited me to come, come along and try to, try to come up with some sort of a, you know, story for it and uh, make, you know, I don't know, give some purpose to the whole play, I guess, to the, the, the playing around. Um, so we just for, for fun sort of came up with this, um, very spoofy um, idea, you know, the generic revenge plot, brother avenging his, his, his brother, all that kind of stuff. Um, and and because they were, the reason for it was was they, they came up with this sort of stunt with, where they would punch each other and spit, you know, water color paint, mm. you know, red, red paint, out, you know, and it looked pretty, pretty good, I think, at the time. And, and they were like so you know, infatuated with, with that, with that trick that, that they wanted a story that would sort of, you know, utilize that, that thing. And, and, and they enjoyed doing that. So I thought, okay, what kind of story would have a lot of this? Um, and we came up with the film called the professional. Uh, and yeah, we shot it in two days, just like around the area where we were based. And funny thing that I didn't know what filmmaking is. Like I was, you know, watching movies, of course, and it was an art school, so I had some some visual background, but I didn't know anything technically about it. Um, so you know, just press record and film, and so we shot it in sequence as if editing. I didn't know that the editing existed back then. You know, <laughs> like I didn't know how that works. So we would actually shoot like shot by shot, scene by scene, in order, and even play music in the background with. <laughs> oh, cool. That, like, play, yeah, yeah, because I didn't know that you're supposed to put it after, you know, like zero, right. zero education, zero knowledge, but like like anything, you have to learn about it. So, and it's interesting how even from day one to day two it changed from us shooting like one one long takes into actually cutting, you know, shot by shot different angles. It was very natural, like almost caveman style learning filmmaking, you know, from making, um, just sort of developing naturally um, instead of reading somewhere about it. So that was very exciting process and it was very collaborative and we, we discovered quickly this camaraderie and, and joy doing it together, you know, just doing a funny little scene, uh, in, lots of improv and then reviewing it together in a little circle, almost like a, like a fireplace, you know, like, a, um, yeah, so this feeling was so, I don't know, like this, just so happy, you know, I remember calling my parents after day one and, and just telling like, I just, I think I just discovered what I want to do for the rest of my life. Filmmaking is like the best example of teamwork. Yeah, for me at least, it's one of the, one of the key, you know, draws to the to the to the activity. And uh, I tried some animation as well, which is which is fun and it's sort of a nice combination of what I knew before, 
and and sort of moving image with with um, with sound, but you know, still you know, pretty much alone in the room, just doing frame by frame. And I've done stop motion, I've done draw animation, and um, and this sort of but but being out there, you know, on the field, yeah, uh, you know, with people and experiencing this together, uh, that was really really great great joyful experience. So. Uh, after after shooting that little thing, I, I took me a while to, to to then, you know, put it in some sort of a presentable form, and um, we did a screening at the school, and that was like 2004. So especially back then and there, not many people did anything film related. So it was a, you know quite an event, and we had uh, great support from from the little community at the school. At the art school, and, and we had like a you know a few screenings, and you know lots of people showed up and, and, and just loved it. Like the, another feeling, you know, after shooting the film, being there with the people, ex, you know, experiencing making it, then being in the in the with with an audience, yeah. and when everybody's laughing, and I saw the film a hundred times before I showed it, you know, mm. editing and reviewing, and but when when you know the whole audience laughs from like a joke or like a situation, you know, like where it's supposed to. You know, you, you, you laugh so hard as if it's the first time, mm-hmm. you know. So that's sort of experiencing with somebody else, you know, fresh, you know. So that was also amazing feeling. So I think these two experiences, like, cemented in, in, in me that that's, that's the high I always want to wanna get, I think. So that, that's, that's the beginnings for me. So it started with the story, just as it should, right? The desire to create a story and being able to share it and you know, I'm sure you agree. Film is probably the best format for that. I still think currently it's it's you know, I think the funny thing is because it's so easily consumed and so, you know, sort of mm-hmm. it's such a good form that naturally commercialism comes into it. And I think because it's so viable commercially, you know, because it's so easily consumed and so it's such a nicely accepted and then, you know, pretty much this. The, the form of it, you know, it allows himself to be, you know, commercialized and, and henceforth it, it, it becomes limited, you know, because you have, as soon as the money comes in, you have to make sure it works. So you have to be careful with the form. And and so I think I think it could have progressed into, you know, maybe it will into something awesome. But I think combining the, you know, like it combines the, the theater, it combines music, it combines visual arts is just an amalgamation of all these separate forms into one experience. So I think the potential is, I don't know, unlimited. Yeah, and the methodology, the the method, the, I can't speak right now, but the 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 way that you construct that story, there's whether it's written or or however it is, there's a psychological method to it as well and because you have the audio and the visual uh together you can you don't have to something doesn't have to be said right in in video in order for the viewer to get to get or feel an emotion from that yeah i I agree that the film doesn't happen on set or or on the screen it happens in the viewer's viewer's mind yeah so i think that you know, the experience, the meaning of it is created between, you know, the creator and the audience because you have to have certain previous experiences to get it, mm-hmm. to, you know, to dig it. Um, and, and, you know, all the good films, like what makes a film universal, like it's, 
being fresh and you know unique in some way it's, it appeals to a lot of people you know like connects with you know with, with their experience it could be a film about war and maybe not people you know currently experienced it but maybe it taps into fear or or honor or or something you know or some sense of sacrifice you know that that everybody in some way has felt and if it taps in correctly then then you know it has a massive impact naturally yeah and that's one of the reasons why i think most directors like to hear uh people sharing what they felt when they were watching their film especially when they they're doing a, a little subtle um, there's a subtle part that maybe someone generally who isn't paying attention or who, who for some reason doesn't get it, when someone gets what they meant to do with a particular part of that film, um, they get really excited. For sure. And that's why I guess, you know, our film managed to, I don't know, escape into the world somehow enough to, you know, there's no better feeling than you know reading some somebody somewhere on the other side of the world, you know, coming across it and, and posting a little review, yeah. or or a critic coming across and, and writing a whole article what they what they found in the film, and um, just just seeing that it connects and 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 it actually works, you know, and and people have, you know, take it as as um, it gives them something, you know, connects with their previous experience, maybe with parents. Our film is very much about like father-son relationships. So, you know, in, in that regard or, or other regards, you know, it's just and and them discovering it in some things maybe I didn't even intend to necessarily, you know, or, or consciously, but I see it there. You know, I, I you know just rediscovering the film through the audiences, and um, I think as long as it's genuine and you want to, you know, you want to have that impact, and seeing that people accept it and then it, it connects, you know, that that makes the whole hassle worthwhile. I think. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that uh, with your film Ghost, uh, which is um, 85 minutes, I believe, um, uh, feature-length film. But one thing uh, that I that I read was that it began as a short film in, was it, um, uh, I can't remember the year, but you, it started out with a short film that you made uh, where the actor, uh, the main character in your film, or the main uh, protagonist in your film, um, he was in it, and you were impressed with his acting, and that turned into a feature film, right? Yes, we made this short a few years before, um, and I think... You know, pretty much the, the way film happens for me, you know, when I make a film, is I have the ideas flowing in my mind for years and years, and they brew. And when the certain circumstances align for a certain story, I can, you know, quickly connect and 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 you know takes shape. So um, instead of consciously, okay, I need to make a film. Okay, where do we start? I just have the strands of scenes and and, and subjects and themes. Um, flying around and they keep connecting on their own time in the background and then maybe a certain cost you know becomes available or or, or a certain location or a certain situation just you know presents itself and and hopefully then there's a story that that fits with the circumstance um so that's sort of what happened with ghost and and same with the short short film i had this idea i think it was initially a very basic idea sort of you know like one sentence idea um 
about a prisoner coming out and he just tries to reassimilate, you know, like he goes back home, goes to his workplace and goes to the social place and just, and nobody wants him in short. Nobody wants anything to do with him because he's, you know, right. You know, been, been sort of um, ostracized in that way, and then you know nobody wants to do anything with him. And maybe he has anger issues, or maybe he did something before that. No, you know, so nobody wants him, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And somebody's following him throughout. Somebody's following him in the background, and the sense of threat from from the following, and you feel like in the end, when everything is very bad, you feel that that last bit is going to be the worst. And and actually, it's revealed to be his son, who's been. You know, young son who's been following him and didn't have the courage to approach him, and he's the one who actually wants him. Yeah. Right. Can I ask you something about that? Because I know, and now I know this is a a personal question. Um, but what was it about the relationship between you and your father um, who passed um, a few years before you made this? Um, what was it about that that inspired you to really make this film? Um, I think just um, I think the connection between my personal story and then what's on the screen is pretty uh, far, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like I, I presented my own story with a little bit of... Um, Addition, it's 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 pretty. It's, it's a through a completely different lens. I think if I have to put a finger on it, what what's the main connection? Is maybe um, discovering something about somebody you're close to. Um, somebody's close to you, and then you discover you know something new that might be dif you know difficult to accept. For example. Not even that. I, I think it's, it's more like having this relationship and be losing it, and thinking how what it meant maybe, um, and, and and that's why the whole you know the title Ghost is, is that the character character comes comes back as if from the dead, mm -hmm. um, and at the same time these things are revealed about this this character to his son that that are un unexpected perhaps in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and then coping with that and maybe getting even, you know, deeper connection with, with that person, then, you know, it's just, yeah, I, th I think it's about a complicated push and pull, of, uh, you know, between the relationship, because I think it's, you know, currently, especially like, you know, like the whole men and then masculinities is, 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 changing and then you know sort of outlook into it is changing and um, I think it's oversimplified a lot and I think men are prone to oversimplify themselves and you know the the, the whole thing and then um, it's actually I thought it's interesting that that all these issues and troubles and com you know, confusions are inside but they have this veneer of of, <laughs> of toughness you know and and I wanted to explore how, how is it you, you know you, you're not you know people are not comfortable talking about everything openly there, there they was, have it inside and you know sort of yeah can you see it yep. through that here you know so yeah I, I'm going around I think in in circles here but um well, yeah no, I just because to, when I watched like a, 
when you watch your film, there's um, there's a line between uh, or a space between the father and the son um, that they're both trying to cross into on the other side uh, towards each other. But this line prevents them to, and I, I'm not going to give away how the film ends, but um, it's it's like, um, you know, the the Michelangelo figure of the man, the human touch, you know, with the two fingers where they're just almost there. Yeah. You know, it's almost like that um, in a way because it gets so close and yet they're still just not there. It's not, it's never, it's fulfilled, but, but almost. I think it's, it's just a very interesting and probably right comparison in a, in a way that, you know, you know, one thing is what you personally feel, what mm-hmm. people feel, and then there's a whole frame, social frame, socio-cultural frame of what are you supposed to feel, what are, who you're supposed to be, you know. And um, if for men, that's the, you know, that's quite, you know, they have very, you know, like this years and years, you know, thousands of years, this cultivated shape that you have to put yourself into, right? And at the same time, uh, yeah, it's, it's just. A lot of contradictions, I think, in in that, and uh, especially now when when people are questioning all these things, I think it's the right time to not necessarily disregard everything that happened. You know, or like you know the, 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 those frames that have been created. You know, there must be a reason why they are the way they are. Um, but 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 generally going deeper and then discussing them and trying to figure it out, I, I think it's a really good time for that. And um, you know. Um, the whole father-son thing is, is, you know, on one hand, you always feel like you're an extension of that other person, mm-hmm. but then the you know, question is, do you carry their, you know, like, do you carry their achievements or their sins, you know, or are you a new person entirely? You know, that's a big, big interesting subject to explore, I think. Um, I was never a big fan of, of strictly, like, saying, oh, if you're, you know, son of this and this, such and such, then that means you are like that, you know, whether that's your son of somebody great, you must be great too, or somebody evil or bad or, or unsuccessful, you must be the same. You know, like I personally, I disagree, but at the same time, there's, you, you, you know, you are always you know, just genes and then raising, you know, like the, but um, somebody who raised, it's always things that, that do carry through, so you can't disregard it entirely. So, how, you know, it's pretty much... Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I agree you can't find with you. There, but it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, interesting to explore, and, and especially through, through film. And I think when I say that it's personal, because I was really, you know, after losing my, my, my dad, and we were close, and you know, talked a lot, and then watched films a lot, and you know, through films, we we, we, we found like a lot of, um, you know, we would watch a film, and that would open up a discussion about something, you know, often. So film watching was a big, big shared experience for us. So, um, you know. I think mostly that that inspired me. I wanted to talk about fatherhood and and, and being a son and, and 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 just you know it's not you know I, I just didn't see it explored from that angle before you know like in that way and uh, thought it would be interesting to to try. Well, you know, I I would share with our listeners you have to watch this film. I mean, it's it's almost like a law right now as you're listening to this <laughs> um, because you know it is. Um, you know, when I when I started watching your film, um, the 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 story, um, you know, it's like there's a story behind the story, 
and, and, and it just grabs you and it keeps pulling at you. And, um, you know, you had shared in your email, you know, a little bit about, you know, what inspired you to make this film, your, your relationship with your father who passed, right? And you had also shared, of course, that, hey, you wanted it to be a part of the film festival because you shot it with an iPhone. But those, both of those things... Within the first five minutes of the film, I completely forgot about. <laughs> I got captured by the story, and it was so captivating. And it just kept leading me on and leading me on. And there's a, you know, let's face it, your film uh, is gritty. It's, um, there's, um, I mean, man, I, I remember sitting there and going, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm all tensed up. You know, and, and there were several scenes which really tense you up. And towards the end, how everything just kind of comes together, man, that's that's so intense. The intensity of the characters from beginning to end is amazing. Um, and, you know, got to give some high fives, some kudos, whatever word you guys use there in London for... Uh, for these actors and the way that you directed them. How was that process uh, for you? Because I know this wasn't a, a short film. This was a feature-length film. Um, for you as a director, had you made other feature films? And, and, and how, did you, how did you pull this together is what I'm trying to, you know, share with our listeners. Sure. Yeah, I mean... Before I forget, it's interesting what you mentioned about the, the, the you know, the feeling tense watching it, and I still do sometimes, you know, in certain scenes. But I remember shooting them, you know, and, and anybody who's going to see the film will probably get which scenes we're talking about. But yeah. um, don't want to you know spoil. But you know, shooting up probably the, the scene that you have in mind there and then, because a lot of it, you know, it was quite a lot of improv throughout the whole thing, mm. and and the actors really. F- really did an amazing job and, and they were really present and in in their roles and shoot, shooting certain moments it felt like like I was I felt so tense and not like even scared but like you feel like you should call ambulance or something you know you should call, you should call somebody it feels like in the middle of a car crash or some sort of tragedy mm-hmm. taking place and you shouldn't be filming you should be you know getting some help you know because they really really it was so palpable you know the tension in, in certain, certain moments um, and, and, and I think everybody felt it because of, you know, because it was a lot of improv and every, every take was a bit different. Um, nobody knew exactly what to expect, but essentially there was an amount of trust, you know, to stay within the character and just go with it. And yeah, it was crazy. Like <laughs> just, 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 just being there. I remember like, it's a very impressive feeling. Um, but how I, um, how we came together, I think, I think. The cast was, I always, you know, since I decided to make a film and knowing I'm going to shoot on an iPhone is going to be sort of a very straightforward and basic approach from technical standpoint of filmmaking. It was all on the cast, you know, it was all, all in their hands and make it or break it, you know, because we had like very, um, you know, put together, I wanted to put together like a structure for the film, the story, scene by scene, uh, you know, very clearly and and that's really well in the sense that everything makes sense you know to the everybody involved 
because if it doesn't, then you can't really properly even improvise. So the story had to be really, really clear and um, sort of almost there's no other way it could have ended up happening, you know, the, the events. You know, knowing the characters, you just put together these chemicals and reaction is sort of natural. So every decision leads to another decision. I just wanted to be very, you know, I didn't want any scenes to be like randomly what's happening, you know. So if you follow the film, I, I believe, you, you know, you should be like, what's happening? It's, obviously that will happen if, if this person does this or meets that. And so, um, because I, I think and I think that worked and that allowed people to get into the character and, and, and improvise certain scenes, you know, within the world and, and believably, because you, they believed that it makes sense. Um, and then I think this sort of, most important thing for me and that, well, that I focused on um, was making sure that the character arcs work, you know, mm -hmm. because it takes place in one day and it's quite a lot of actions and, and events in one day. But it's, even that, we wanted to, we were sitting down with the team and working out the scenes. So even somebody living in London, because we shot in different places and events take place around London, that within the time frame, it's believable that you will be able to travel from there to there and spend this, this much time and then move on. You know, like, it's really, in this world will be real. You know, that could happen. It would be a very busy, dramatic day, but still believably so, even including all the, you know, where the things are and how long it takes to get there. But the most difficult thing is for the actors and, you know, I guess directing-wise, was to make sure that is, is enough dynamic in the, in the relationship between especially father and son particularly these two, but, you know, the rest around them as well, that there's enough change happens, you know, they need to get to know each other, you know, and then because they haven't seen each other for a long time and they want to get to know each other, but they're both, you know, trying to be these tough dudes who don't really, you know, right. is, is, you know, they're quite closed in and, and they have to sort of scrap through the, the, the surface um, to connect um, and, 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 you know, have, have all this journey within one day and we shot in two weeks and we're not always shot in, in, in sequence tried as much as possible, but, you know, not always uh, an opportunity to do so. So I, they were super collaborative and it was most interesting process to, let's say we shoot a scene and then we, you know, on the ride home back with, with the lead guy, with the father, I would say, you know, maybe your relationships are a bit too nice now. And I think maybe as a father, you know, like who didn't see his son, maybe you should be a bit more like nosy or, or piss him off or something, you know, and, and he would include that in the, in the next scene. You know, we would, you know, like tell somebody a, a note to, to mess up the scene in a certain way and see how the other person gets out of it. You know, I, I, I think that was really alive in the process. And everybody sort of embraced it very much. Um, and, and I think made the whole thing more real. Yeah. Because, you know, even in the dialogue scenes, for example, you know, anybody who might want to, you know, try this sort of improv-based, improv you know, shoot is, you know, the downside of it is that you, you won't be able to maybe uh, change the uh, rhythm and pace of, of the thing in the, in the post because, you know, it plays out how it plays out. And, you, you know, I think certain scenes, you know, ideally if they were written, they would be like faster or slower or something, you know, but that's the price I think you pay for the naturalism, you know. For example, my goal was to make sure it doesn't feel like the boom, 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 things just work out, you know. It's just somebody comes in, says something, leaves. Yeah, you know, but that it, says it, something about you, too, because and, and your crew, hello, because, I mean, everything has to be perfect during those improv scenes. You can't just cut and say, well, we'll take the other scene, you no, know, yeah, because exactly. it won't fit. 
So, so you know, like I tried to be very efficient, and because everybody was, you know, just really spent their time, and 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 I was really thankful, yeah. and generally wanted to keep the good good vibe, and and, and never want to you know push anybody too hard. You know, I wanted to be efficient with my takes, and 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 you know, don't sort of push them, you know, into nth take and and just do it a thousand times. At the same time, you know, you had to realize when it's enough, when it's when it's there. And um, there was some some scenes that took maybe forty takes, others took one take. You know, yeah. Um, you just have to be conscious always. You know, we, we used to we, we tried shooting like two scenes a day, two scenes a day, like pretty much you know morning bit and afternoon bit, and like between locations and you know between the, the, those two. Um, some some scenes like you know the the ending you know it's quite elaborate. You know, it took maybe two days to shoot the whole thing, um, but. Um, funny thing with improv and takes that you're always on your feet like um <laughs> you, you never know exactly what to expect and you have to be super engaged you know like when it's like same script just different angle like i shot stuff like that too you know mm-hmm. the actor can try a different thing here and there but it's a lot of repetition and with improv it's way less repetition which is more fun i think um more alive at the same time it's more difficult to work in post you know and 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 to stitch things together because you know certain scenes were covered in like wide long shots. We have two people talking; the whole thing is there. Um, but you know it can't be the whole film this way. So some scenes were you know more usual sort of uh, over shoulder or or close ups, mm-hmm. ping pong, um, and that's incredibly difficult in editing. Uh, I had to cut you know cut cut the film myself. And assemble it, and, and you know, simple scenes like simple dialogues, not even the major, major sort of moments, were so difficult to then put together, because as you improvise, the things change, they evolve, and you want to grab a bit from the beginning and grab from the end, and they're talking about two different things entirely, you know, by that time. So, I think again, the kudos to the actors to keep it, keep it. You know, they were very aware, I think, and very conscious throughout the film, you know. To, to make it work. And they included a lot of things that, you know, like, you know, purely there. I love, why well, I love improv, another thing, working with actors, but you get the whole input from the whole person, you know? He doesn't just recite the lines, of course, for the acting edition, all that stuff, but they include, you know, subplots and stuff, you know? Yeah. If they have their own story in their mind, for example, you may, maybe you didn't come up with this or mention this or, and they, they they have their own subplots happening that they reveal on their own in their own way, their own time, you know, and and that's that's really makes it richer, much more richer the the film. All these nuances that because they have freedom to be creative, and if you have a team that, that is you know up for the task and they enjoy that side of the game, they, they can bring so much to the table. I feel you know instead of just um, there was yeah, a not, lot not of the, that. There yeah. was a lot of that you could tell. I'm, when I was watching the film and watching, you know, like um, the main character, what was his name? Is it, uh, was it? Um, Tony. Tony. Yeah. Uh, when he goes into that office for the first time and he's staring out the window, you know, and he's yeah. thoughtful. And you could tell he, he didn't say a single word, but you could you could almost, I mean, at least I could. Maybe not everybody could, but I could. You could tell what he was thinking, and that that um, that plot was just a baby at, during that scene. And yeah. you could um, you could already sense, you know, the the friction. 
between him and the guy's office, you know, the boss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and these things, like, for example, another thing by phone, actually, shooting on a mobile phone, mm-hmm. enables us to um, accommodate these things. Because, you know, I, my, my technical sort of goals were very simple. Um, and, and I'm really glad to hear that people like the look of a film and, you know, it's great. But um, the goal was to accommodate them, the, the actors, the story. Mm-hmm. So uh, having put you on an iPhone with, like, no lights and, you know, gear is in your pocket, you know, you just, you know, like an, on a gimbal, you look like a tourist. Um, you can set up really quickly and you can just, okay, let's try something, see how that works. And then we adapt and, and change and improve. Um, but you're working with a fresh material. You, you, for example, you say, okay, father and father meets his son after the decade, you know, like what happens? They have their own ideas. You know, you discuss it in, in depth beforehand, of course, you know, like the, the character, the backstory, what happened, like <clears throat> really thought through backstory. That's my job with them and to make sure that it sticks with the whole vision, the whole thing. But um, then they bring it in and they like, it surprised me what happens. And then we do another take and I'm like, okay, maybe that didn't work for this and this reason. I think, oh, yeah, maybe you didn't consider that. No, so it's very collaborative, very alive, the process. And I, I think that I loved it, you know, because that's how I used to work when I was, you know, in my school, high school years, before I went to film school, University uh, Westminster in London, um, which was great for, you know, teaching the more traditional methods. Um, but they are sort of just comparing them, yeah. you know, their advantages, disadvantages. And I'm sure that when you work in a, in a system and there's a budget and there's, a, you know, Everything needs to, people need to know what's going to happen. You know, everybody needs to be on the same page. Certain hours, you know, they, 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 you know, certain certain plans, certain schedules, certain budget. Everything is, you know, and you have to know. And that, you know, that's why you develop a script for two or more years. You know, and then you, you know, there's a whole there's a whole thing beforehand. So that, that that's great. Of course, it needs to be that way in order to work. But work on this on this wild side, you don't have that. So you can sort of just discover things so wonderfully often you know um so we always came prepared and i know i knew what kind of what kind of shots i want i knew what kind of what, what, what we need from the scene and it was never like yeah let's see what happens too much you know you always know what's the purpose and everybody knows what's the purpose but they have enough space just to play you know it was like jazz and uh, just for me after like so i graduated 2011 <clears throat> so almost 10 years after university i was making shorts and and i was making them adhering to the more regular system and I just felt like after a while I, I just missed that just more experimentational kind of filmmaking you know that I used to do in high school just get together and let's see what happens yeah and and, and I, I was I was just curious what would happen now I made like after the film I mentioned earlier I made a sequel in the two years when I managed to get my own camera and everybody, you know, I said, okay, let's make a film back then in 2006, five or six. And, and, and uh, I was like 15, 16, and I wanted to carry on making films. And, you know, they, they said, let's make a sequel because, you know, everybody enjoyed it so much and, you know, audience enjoyed it. And so we made like, you know, way longer, like half an hour film yeah. with this sort of same character's journey continuing like a sequel. So I, I believe every project is different. And, um, uh, depending on the circumstances and the, the purpose, the goal, the you know everything, you know you have to find find your method for it. Um, personally, I miss the more off the cuff 
kind of shooting that we used to do back in high school. And um, after the film I mentioned earlier, back, back in the school, we as soon as I was able to get my own camera, I wanted to continue making films with, with the guys there. And everybody was insisting on doing a sequel because, you know, the, the little spoofy, you know, revenge film worked out so well and everybody enjoyed it so much. Um, we made a much more elaborate at the time sequel, like 15, 16. And, uh, and um, yeah, that was, again, a lot of just, you know, seeing what you can get at the time. You can't do it like fully professionally because it's between between classes, between exams and all the all the stuff of life that happening around and everybody's very supportive the school was supportive at the time you know to shoot it and and people wanted to get involved but at the same time you have to adapt to, to every 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 time and still make the story work you know after whatever you, the footage you get you need to come together into this cohesive piece so but i i loved it you know i, I loved it that that it was always fresh and fun and um, just you know yeah it felt less like work yeah, like. and you you just I mean going back to to that particular you know feeling of having that sort of freedom, um, you know when you have a budget and all these rules and everything after studying it, um, it's almost like it takes the spark out. But y you you had that experience which uh, you still use and you keep. Yeah, I think it might be a very you know sort of a harsh harsh metaphor but you know at a certain point i felt uh, you know after learning about all the rules and regulations and how to make films and all the processes that i need to go through which involves a lot of bureaucracy and uh, just you know insurances and securities and all that which makes sense for sure you know for certain projects but i felt almost creatively castrated you know compared to this just going and doing it and thankfully you know technology now and people's people's attitudes are more you know inquisitive and, and technology enables us to go and go and try the things out um so i know that certain actors really need to have a script and, and know the words and know everything was happening and and that's how they work best other actors are much more inclined to the sort of uh ad-libbing and and, and, and um, inventing stuff on the spot um and i think there's no argument there that doing it this way is just you know often way more fun you know yeah. especially when you don't have to answer to anybody that's the thing you know like the upside of you know the downside is clear about having no budget no backup you know but the, the upside is that at the same time you know with great budget comes great responsibility they had no budget no responsibility you know were you your, can go wild were your actors also i found that a lot of the there's there's a little bit of what a theater actors bring to a film set when it comes to improvisation. Did, did your actors work in theater as well? I'm sure, you know, many of them did, and they all have different experiences. Um, uh, sort of, I was happy to discover that most of them were really uh, comfortable with improv. Um, and also, just the whole process, it's funny, when you, when you know how things are supposed to work, you're aware of the rules, <laughs> and you know the rules, and you, you're know, good with that, but then you go and break them. And... But everybody breaks together with you and they are okay with it, sort of. Then a new person comes in every time, you know, we expand the cast. Every, you know, every day was scheduled to be more and more complicated most of the time. So the guy who scheduled it was like professional. He's a professional um, 
first AD working on, on, on big, big, big movies. And he's a good friend of mine. So he said, I can't come in. I think he was working on maybe even Chernobyl, you know, the HBO oh, TV yeah. series. Yeah. So definitely, you know, he was, he was, yeah, there. So, so he said, I can't, I can't come in and help shoot, but I can schedule for you. So, you know, that was, you know, very well done schedule. And it was purely based, you know, on just getting, because we have to learn, it's a new way of doing it and, and everybody needs to warm up. So we were step by step, like making it more and more complicated, like all the, all the simple stuff, just more casual daily routines and introductions were shot first. And then the cast sort of expanded. And, and because everybody was more and more comfortable with this sort of unusual way of, of filming, filming, you know, um, anybody new coming in, even if they realize it's kind of crazy, but they saw everybody being on the same page. Because as long as there's like a respect and appreciation to every, you know, for everybody, nobody's being a diva, nobody, nobody's being a tyrant, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just, you know, everybody could just walk off. There's no contracts, you know. So. The, you know, the priority was making sure everybody's enjoying the process, even though it's tough sometimes, weather was harsh. And, you know, it's, it's of course, but um, as long as they're having fun um, enough, to then, then everybody's on the same page and, and having a good time. And somebody else coming in, I might have never met before, um, they just see it. But pretty much, imagine you walk into a room and the chair is on fire, but nobody's, nobody's minding it. So you think, okay, probably that's what, the way it's supposed to be, you know? So that was... You know. That's the camaraderie that's that's involved with with crew, um, and and that that also I've been I've worked on some film sets where uh, you know the actors tend to sit around for their scenes and wait, uh, especially the the the. the n- the side actors, you know, not, not, yeah. you know, and um, and they're like, oh, man, we're just watching you guys, the crew, and we're jealous. Like, we want to be a part of the crew because yeah. they yeah, see yeah. that connection. But the thing is, like, you become family. You and, and I don't know in in your crew who shot the film, actually. Well, I did. Yeah, you know what I oh. thought. I thought you did because I was looking at your crew credits, and there is no credit for the shooter. And I thought that's probably because Anthony shot it. You know. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, we, we initially there was a. You know, we we're very lucky to have this professional cinematographer involved, yeah. and there was somebody who was you know joined in. But one of the reasons is you know there's no 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 good cinematographer. You know, like. Will be able to assign two weeks off his schedule <laughs> to be fully there, um, and he said, "Okay, I want to, I want to do this. I love the project." And then he was super helpful. Um, but whenever I can, if any jobs, you know, like I have to go. So I realized that you know, I'm gonna have to shoot some of it, if not most of it. And secondly, you know, just I was playing with the iPhone and the gimbal so much before that I was just more used to it. Um, so he, whenever he was around, he helped with set up the shots and even with lighting, even though we, we, we didn't really have any, you know, actual film lights, yeah. but for example, even shooting outside, he had better knowledge of which angle lights, you know, shines better or, uh, just adapting the, the in-house lights. For example, we shot in the basement and it was like this, uh, yeah, this sort of, you know, regular you know, lamp and everything looked ugly and flat. Yeah. But then he came in with some tinfoil, and, and it was Godfather. You know? <laughs> Suddenly, yeah, it's magical, you know. So 
the guy, you know, he, he was really, really good with this kind of stuff and uh, super helpful to have him around. But um, ended up ended up refusing, you know, he, you know, he, he didn't want a camera or cinematography credit. Yeah. And so, you know, I was handling the camera most of the time and devising the shots. Another thing, you know, I work as a storyboard artist, but um, in, in this case, I didn't produce almost any boards because I was the one shooting it. So I was coming up with the shots and I knew it for myself. I didn't have to introduce it to the crew. Crew was like minimum. It was like me, the the, the cinematography guy was like mostly the gaffer um, helping with lights, um, sound guy, you know, sound recordist. Right. And and producer, so line producer, who sort of helped day to day, just run the thing. He was there like most of the time or half the time. You want to give uh, them all know. a shout out really quick here in the podcast in their names? Of, of course. Um, so yeah. so um, the 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 cinematography department was uh, um, Tomas Tomas Bryce Tomas Brice. He's a Portuguese DP. Um, Teddy, as, as he likes to call himself, um, sound was done by a Lithuanian sound um, uh, sound mixer, Gilvinas Puras, but we called him John on set, and um, and it was a line producer on set was Domas Vilchinskas. He's a he's a Lithuanian director actually, but he was you know very kind and supportive to come in and just help out you know any way he could, and you know I wouldn't have made the film without them for sure. Who did your makeup? Uh, makeup was done by um, um, Brooke Davis. Mm. Um, she's a yeah great makeup artist. Um, and also we had you know fight coordination. You know like all the action scenes were done by professional fight fight master um, Ronan Trainer. Mm. We had some VFX were done by. Um, a Lithuanian artist, Gied uh, Jurga. Um, music, yeah, music, <laughs> essential part of it. Right. Beautiful, beautiful stuff, and an amazing collaborator, Nikolai Polyanov, um, also also in Lithuania. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, everybody, you know, did. Uh, yeah, I don't want this to come across like I made the film. You know, right. we did the film. I was just just because purely. So many roles and they're not very, they don't provide that much creative input, yeah. you know, like especially in post-production um, that pretty much, the, I think anybody who d does have a chance to, to creatively involve themselves or are kind enough just to come and help, um, that makes sense. Yeah. But if you don't have a, a budget, you know, like so many, like just gr grind, you know, like editing, um, grading, sound design, you know, a lot of it, like I just... You know, just I couldn't find anybody, you know, right. to do that. Um, so it was a great experience just to learn, to learn, and do stuff. You know, people. You know, one thing is it was somebody to, to assign their time for like two weeks. You know, all the time. You know, and we did crazy hours, often, and and people who were on set they you know exhausted. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How many hours would you say on average? Um, and days of the week, like, did you shoot six days a week, 12 to 16 hours a day, or how was that? Yeah, I mean, it varied, and, and the thing is, I don't know for sure, because, again, nobody, <laughs> like, pretty much people were like, okay, guys, you want to carry on? Yeah, let's do it. Because everybody can walk on it, walk off anytime, so nobody's being pressured, right? At the same time, everybody, you know, if they love it, they, they want to stay and then finish it. Um, 
uh, at the same time, we know that we're going to have to carry on for day in, day out afterwards. So, you know, we don't want to kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, everybody was grown up, you know, like, just, you know, like maybe when you're a film school student or high school, you know, like you just, you don't know, you know, like in, in, the, in the Dark Knight, I think it's like young man's game. You don't save your, your energy. You know, you, you, you learn, you know, you realize more or less, you know, what, you know, how to play it and then how far, how far people are willing to go. You feel the crew, you feel the people, you know, they feel you. Everybody's, you know, when everybody's in sync. It just it did, you know, it didn't require like some, to, to provide a schedule and stamp it, and then at this hour we wrap. We have an agreement. Okay, we aim to do it like that, and you know, we and most of the time we actually wrapped early, as, as long as as long as everything is in the can, and it's gru- grueling like weather we shot in February in London. Yeah. And I think as soon as we wrapped, you know, as, actually as soon as we wrapped the final shot, you know, in, you know, in in the can, like as soon as I said wrap, it's a wrap. It started snowing instantly. <laughs> and we had, I don't know, like, um, Londoners will remember, like, uh, in 2000, what it was, it was 18 February, it was a crazy snowstorm out of the blue, you know? Oh, in, yeah, I remember. I late Feb, yeah, late Feb, early March, it was crazy. Out of, and instantly, I kid you not, like, there was no BTS, because we couldn't afford to be doing BTS, but it would have been crazy. I say rap, next second, it starts snowing crazy, you know? In, it in was Chinatown, waiting. Well, it was waiting just for you to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to, another thing, you know, making films, especially like any film, it, it depends on the weather and and just bunch of circumstances and luck. But I, when I told all these stories, how we make a film to the you know the first AD Lukas Kudavchenka, who who um, who did the schedule and you know he's a, yeah. you know established established AD, um, I I told him how you know how much luck we had. He said, dude, like you didn't use. You didn't only use up all your luck; you used up probably everybody else's as well. It's just so much. Like this is this is a shot, for example. Uh, I really wanted like a certain scene to to be at this location, which is, you know, half the time, yeah. it's underwater because the tides on Thames are crazy. They're like very drastic. Mm-hmm. So half of the time of the day, it's underwater. It's inaccessible, and there are like schedules, but they're like not hundred percent. I think. And even if they are, anyway, was that know, under the bridge or? Yeah, under the bridge, you know. Yeah. And and I wanted like in, in my just in my vision, like it would be perfect if it if it had a sunset, and yeah. you know, sunset also you need to have a clear day, clear enough. But if it's too clear, it's a bit flat. Yeah. But if it's cloud, you have no sunset. So, and and you can't like keep trying every day, um, because you know. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So we we tried once. And it, it, we arrive and it's underwater. Mm. And maybe I wasn't able to read the schedule very well. Maybe we're late. Maybe it just came in too far. I don't know. Anyway, we come in and the location is not in, non-existent because it's underwater. Like five meters underwater, it's done. And then it's cloudy. And so we shoot alternative just to have it just in case. And then, you know, when we had a little bit of a gap in the schedule, so what, which scene you want to maybe try again or, or additional scene. And I said, I mean, this would be amazing if we, if we managed to get it. And the, the tight schedule seemed to be favorable. And we went there and I almost, almost cried, you know, because I set up a camera, I start shooting and the guys walk in. They probably know the scene I'm, I'm talking about under the bridge. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sunset is perfect, you know, and, and, and it's dry and it's, you know, exactly like I envisioned it. But I had no control over making it happen other than just show up and hope for the best. And we had a bunch of situations like that. You know, with, with locations especially, because locations are incredibly expensive to, to finding and, yeah. and book. 
and and I just no, you know, we could, just couldn't afford it. And sometimes it's just so much weather dependent. And you're supposed to, you know, it's supposed to happen during one day, single day. So the weather can't go crazy different. Um, good thing in a way, like anybody who visits London knows how you can start, you know, winter ends up in summer in the same day and, and it shifts. But we, again, were lucky that the clouds moved in a certain way that, you know, if you follow the film, if you just follow the clouds, it's believable. You know, it starts on a, yeah. you know, sort of sunny and then, and then some clouds come in and becomes cloudy during the, you know, almost like afternoon and then it clears up again. Um, you know, there's no way to control it, but it's a big yeah. deal because so much of a film happens outside, and it's, you know, it's always um, shooting with the anamorphics on iPhone. Everything is in focus, so you know, it's just what it is. What it is, you know. So it, you know, just so much, so much luck with weather and people coming and being supportive incredibly, and yeah, it's just there's a lot of like things it, like that. People watch films sometimes and they go, you know, oh, I wonder how they made that happen. And and you know, you almost feel like you're gonna disappointment when you're like disappoint that person because you're going, actually, it was just luck. You know, I've done that in editing in post production before, where people have yeah. said, oh, how did you get the music to sort of do this and then that and then that? You know, during a rush project, and it's like actually, I know that looks like it was meant to be there and, and happen in that way for that specific effect. But honestly, it just sort of fell into place. It was pure luck. <laughs> They're going, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I don't remember exactly now. I can't give an example. But, you know, I came across people, like, in, in, talking behind the scenes or, or remembering about how they shot certain things. You know, in movies, they're, like, iconic. <laughs> uh, and, and how it ended up being the way it is purely, like, oh, for example, the... Indiana Jones, the scene where he shoots the guy with a sword, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows this. Everybody yeah. knows the scene. Most people probably know the story that there was supposed to be a big fight sequence, but Harrison Ford was just, you know, sick, you know, had a, like a stomach bug or something. And then was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't up for, you know, it wasn't up for a task. And he said, how about I just shoot him? Ended up being an amazing scene. And I was like, who came up with it? Who's the genius? You know? <laughs> so, so, so I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's humbling, you know? It is. And, uh, it and just, it helps I, I, because our listeners are going, oh, well, so I don't have to. I mean, you you can't predict luck. I, I, look, I can't I can't advocate that you shouldn't prepare. And I think, you know, if we prepared even more, maybe it would be even better right. results. But it um, does happen. <laughs> but it does happen. You know, you know, emotional part involved for sure, like of oh, you yeah. preparing for a film. Like if you know for sure it's going to happen, you have a budget to, to, to dream, you know, yeah. you can dream your dream and you have a budget to back it up. And unless it, it, it tanks, like, you know, um, Terry Gilliam's picture when he, went, he was doing Don Quixote, like, uh, a while ago with oh. uh, Johnny Depp. And, you know, like, it's just like 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 Egypt plague, you know, it just everything just was like torrential rain. I saw that documentary yeah. and um, launch, I, I think yeah. it was like on HBO or something a long time ago. And I just went like everything that could go wrong literally went wrong. In yeah, that so and it was he, never really made until just recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he made made like I don't know, probably used some footage, but yeah. he pretty much passed. Everybody just you know knew, knew, so he made it again. So that was an extreme example of things going bad. Maybe ours was you know considering you know the the zero budget sort of approach, and right. and, and it was maybe like, I think going right most mostly. Um, and so many things could have went wrong. Most of the time, it's in the middle. So I think. And and I remember watching this documentary with with this AD friend of mine, Lucas, and he will, he, you know, he said this, you know, like 
after all this experience, you know, all the shoots he's been on, he said, um, never assume, always prepare and check. And you can, you know, like th- that's the biggest mistake. You, you assume there's going to be parking there mm-hmm. or you assume you're allowed to go in or you assume the weather is going to be nice, you know? And, and most of the time, you know, like that's <laughs> might not be, you know, you so have a backup have to, to the backup be, and then a backup to the backup. Yeah, so I think I think preparation is never, you know, never, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can over prepare. It's just what thing can happen. You can have over, have bigger expectations than you end up having. And I think it's easy, like if if you can prepare without having strict, you know, uh, expectations, you know, if you, if if you can prepare 100 percent and still be super flexible, you know, adapt and enjoy whatever whatever happens on a day, you know, it might happen entirely differently and you're still like, cool, great, I'm going to, you know, make make lemonade from that. And it's great. It's just for me, like, I know that I get attached to, like, shots I want to make or, you know, so so you have to be prepared enough, I think, at the same time, don't get attached to your plan. Best advice I got from, a, you know, old, old director, um, I was working with him storyboarding something and I asked him, what's the main thing you would advise? And he said, like, it's so easy to get over involved in details as director because sort of everything is your responsibility in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like your only real responsibility that nobody else, like you have departments to take care of this and that, but the thing that nobody else takes care apart from you is overall vision and overall unity of the thing. And so it makes sense and it has emotional impact. You know, you drive it home. You you keep everybody on the same page. So nobody's going to take care of that for you. And it's so easy to get involved in like what kind of hat the guy in the background is wearing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get involved in that. And I was, you know, certain projects before, just moving a bottle in the background left and right for half an hour, you know? That's, you know, counterproductive. So you have somebody to take care of it. If you don't, maybe it doesn't matter. And in this case, a lot of things, like, I just let it go, you know? Does it, you know, does it matter? No, I don't care what it is then, you know? <laughs> so it was a great sort of exercise in letting go. And focusing on things that you can't let, like, you know, I was focusing on the acting and not like abstractly on the acting, but making sure that it's, it, it feeds into the, you know, it's consistent and it feeds, it feeds in the, in the whole vision. For example, maybe the actor, you know, wants to go bigger here, you know, and, and he feels like that's, only, that's why the director is there for. If everybody could just go and, you know, DP does his own thing, shoots it, actor does his own thing, everybody has a script. Why the director? Why the conductor then in the concert? You know, why? Because you have to keep everybody you know, in sync, and uh, and that was that was first experience ever that I really focused on that purely, you know, keeping everything in sync. And you know, if performance might be great, but it might be too big or too like this or that for, for that scene in in context, you know, it maybe would be beautiful on its own, but in context it doesn't work. It's so like you you're playing, make... you're play, you're balancing what matters with what doesn't matter. But yeah, that, that's that's the director's job entirely. That's you yeah, know, but that open. comes that comes. I mean, we're talking to Anthony Z, who's who's been making movies for what ten years now since he was a teenager. I mean, making movies. I mean, I don't want to sound like you know there are directors. Well, who actually no, made I, I know. I'm. I was I was involved. You know, I was I was doing stuff. You know, and and on on various. I tried different things, uh, film related. You know, and um, was 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 making you know 
small movies, little little films. But I was trying to always make you know every year or two make a little film. Process and, is the and, same and, though. You're constructing yeah. stories and putting them into a visual with audio media. You know, it's it's a movie regardless. It's stories. Um, they're they were all narrative films, right? Uh, I've done some documentaries, some animations, but yeah, most most of it, my focus was was like yeah, fiction narratives. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, you do have that experience and that's kind of like, you know, part of the inspiration for, for listeners is to keep making those, keep creating those because eventually it gives you the opportunity and, and the ability to, to know the difference between what matters, what doesn't matter, because you're going to have to make those decisions right there and then on the spot, right? Exactly. And I remember recently, I think Jonah Hill was talking about working with Scorsese and he was asked, like, what makes him the best director or such a, you know, renowned director? And then he said that make ability to make decisions, making mm-hmm. good decisions and swiftly um, because things keep changing. And, and you know, if, if somebody presents you with an idea, you know, if you, you can't have a rule of I accept ideas or I don't accept ideas. You can't be always open and any idea that you know, uh, somebody in the background suggests you're like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do it, because it's yeah. you know, finite time and finite energy and finite budget and everything. Right. At the same time, you can't be like strictly no, I think, because people might come up with great stuff, but it's up to you to decide there and then if it's a good idea. So, I think, you know, just you know, just I would say you have to keep working, keep making films, and keep making bad films and whatever, yeah. and and keep talking with other people who who do that and get you know, I was fortunate to work as a service artist with, with a variety of different directors of different experiences, different levels, you know, uh, some very experienced, some, some fresh. And, you know, just whenever I get a chance, uh, you know, I try to have a little chat about like their experience and what they would advise and maybe some sort of stories they, they, they're able to tell um, from that. And, and, you know, that's how you build your experience and knowledge and then you apply it. And I think... That's the key. Keep keep doing stuff. If I wouldn't have done those all the tiny films before, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be able to do anything now. You know, it's purely like another another thing is I think not necessarily strictly you know this thing and you're able to do that. I think overall it gives you that ability to decide on the spot, ability to choose and pick your battles, and choose what's important, and embrace situations when they present themselves to you. You know, you have to have that confidence. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think anybody should just focus on focus on that and just don't don't expect to. I think another thing is like pressure of of making any project like it has to win awards or get you somewhere. I think that's that's one of the biggest mistakes I made before. It's kind of attitude that you know everything you do is an investment to like go to Hollywood or something. You know, right. um, make this short and this is gonna win an award and if it doesn't like it's end of the world. You know, or and this is, and I think it sucks the joy out of it. And and I think there are way better ways to make money than filmmaking, and to build careers and much more you know secure and clear pathways. I it's think also this is a, a dangerous zone to get into as a creator because you can only be disappointed so many times that you'll end up quitting. So you have to be careful because if you set your up yourself up to be disappointed, um, you will end up quitting. And then the so, best parts of the best things that you could have created, I mean, they're always in the future as far as the creator's mind. For sure. Like this producer once told me, like, 
filmmaking is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Not the fastest or best one wins, but the one who stays. Um, okay, and yeah, yeah, and, and at the same time, you know, director is as good as his next film. You know, what are you doing next? What are you doing next? And I have like, a good friend of mine won an Oscar there for best short film a couple nice. of years ago. And, you know, instantly the question is, is you know, what's next? You know, he <laughs> met all these execs from big, big companies and, and studios and everybody's, you know, what's next? What's next? You know, that's the only question, you know, like um, always, always have things in, in works. And I, I think if, if you're genuinely a filmmaker and storyteller, you always have stories to tell and things to explore. You know, and, and um, uh, I think it's just harmful. I don't know where, where it comes from exactly, but this harmful attitude for, and, you know, being part of this filmmaking community and, and going to film school and just this career-driven sort of success-based attitude um, that is very, it's just, that's why we have so many jaded filmmakers and so many people say, oh, I wanted to be a filmmaker, but, you know, oh, it's impossible or it didn't work mm -hmm. out. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to make a film, but only only if I have X amount of budget or, or if I have this kind of star or if I have the, this kind of circumstances. But look, there's, especially now you can see it with oversaturation of movies. Only, only X amount of movies need to be made and, and consumed. Uh, it's not like, it's not endless request for it, you know. And, and so many people, way more people want to do it. So it's now, now it's not even a question of how to make a film. Is how somebody's going to see it, and why would somebody see it? Well, and, so, and that's where it comes back, circling back to the beginning, where the story is truly, and, and I know there's people who will argue this, but um, in the end, uh, for both the viewer and the creator um, to work on a film, um, it's about the story, if you have a good story. Yeah, I think... You know, if you want to be genuine and, you know, I, I at least find for me it's a really healthy thing is asking why you want to do certain thing, mm -hmm. anything in life. You know, what's the reason? What's the driving force? Maybe it's, is is it actually, it might, it might be fear, you know, it might be greed, it might be jealousy, it might be sense of, you know, lack of accomplishment or you want to prove yourself. You know, it comes from these lesser places. I, I just think it's, you know, destined to be disappointing, you know, as an experience and result. Um, but if, if, even if a craziest endeavor comes from a really genuine place of wanting to share something or wanting to create something or just, just have fun, just good yeah. old fun. Well, um, I think there's a, there's a story in everything, everything that we feel, everything that we experience, every little thing around us actually is connected to a story and, I think the the thing is that creators tend to um, see those stories and envision those stories, um, and then to to feel something about that story and, and have that drive to create it um, also comes with a little passion for that particular story, though, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think my my attitude is like things like talent, for example. Mm -hmm. What you know, like talent as as um, quality to have I, I think it could be math it could be arts anything you just tell us when something comes easier to you and you have extreme passion for it then then you know it's that's what talent is i think and, you and know, skill you, you follows accept, with and skill and i think you know any any talent without skill is, is you know pointless right so you know if if 
for example, with filmmaking, as we're talking about filmmaking, like if you want to make films for the right reasons and you keep on doing it, like I think Tarantino said, like if you have genuine love for film, you can't help but make a good movie. Awesome. I agree. <laughs> what, what did we miss? Is there anything that we missed that we should, um, we should be talking about before we call it a wrap and it snows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I remember another thing is, is, is for filmmakers to remember is, is that, you know, it might be the number one thing for you. It was like my baby, my wife, my everything, you know, for like two years. So you get wrapped up in it and not everybody around you maybe is on the same, you know, naturally on the same page. You know, they have their own lives and interests. And, you know, I remember meeting a friend of mine who's a scriptwriter and visiting him in, uh, in Hamburg. And I was just, I just finished shooting it. And I, I was just so over the moon that it, you know, it happened because I wasn't sure if it was going to, you know, we end up putting it in the can, you know, yeah. because of all the potential things that could go wrong. And, and it was such a rewarding experience and tough and rewarding. And, and I had so many stories to tell that I, I bored him to death. I think after three hours, he said, just shut up already, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and then he's a filmmaker and he loves it. And, you know, it's just, you know, so, uh, you know, now I'm a bit co cooler about it, but. Um, I think I think generally filmmaking, if if you figure it out how to get into it and just do it, and give yourself a circumstance to try it, and and if it goes well and you're you know, if you have expectations lower you know like reasonable low expectations, and it's easy to be, become happy because, you know, you don't want to win can or an Oscar or this or that. You want to just you know tell the simple story, just record it, um, and then then. Then I think it's, you can, you have a good chance of, of having this wonderful experience, and then you want to share it and just you know know when to when to call it call it a wrap. So I think in this case, um, you know I, I think if you share um, the, the the website and you know the contacts are there. If anybody has any questions or want to go deeper, I'm happy to well, to, to start I'll a conversation. Tell you really quick, Anthony, there is no way I would ever tell you to shut up. As a matter of fact. <laughs> going to say this publicly that you have an open invitation to come back and continue the conversation uh here on this podcast um and i will definitely share we'll share the trailer the links your website uh how to follow you on social media as well and anything else you want to throw uh we will we will include it um but i do have one more little thing that I wanted to ask you. Are you going to make another uh, film, whether it's a short or feature, using your phone? That's a good question. Um, actually, I, I think when we wrapped and one of the cast members was really interested in, in, in getting into it and trying it out, and I think I relinquished uh, the equipment, you know, the, the gimbal and the, the, the lens, to him to go explore on, on his own journey um and and personally i'm i think it's a great piece of gear you know to, to to do certain things and if the project calls for it there's no reason to say no to that you know okay. at the same time um i i always i don't know like i want to explore stuff like i want different genres different equipments you know yeah. different setups so um I don't have like a plan to go ahead and make another one, another one. It probably would be easy, you know, like now I know how to use it and more people are into it. Like we could get support and, you know, like Filmic Pro and then Mundo, Mundo Labs were very supportive with the film now, you know, with the release. Um, 
so I'm sure it would be probably you know straightforward to make another one and maybe same genre you know people are like oh well you know that scene was great why don't you do more of of a crime sort of thing uh and and yeah but again not being in the not being in the in the industry as as you know just being you know nobody really cares what i do so why not just do you know (laughs) well you have you have freedom you have a lot of freedom yeah i have freedom and 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 that actually brought me to you know since releasing ghost um on amazon uh, yeah. we we um one of the actors from, from the film he said oh i want to just do something and another guy i knew from before wanted to do something and so oh, let's make some some showreel material and i said well why, why stop there let's make a film let's make a little film and uh, quickly just came up with a story and then we just did two days shooting and and that was my first um uh, attempt with the um, black magic camera mm-hmm. that was that was interesting it's a completely different ball game with all oh, the lenses yeah. and you know with with the iphone the, the tricky part is to make sure make, make, make somehow that one lens one focal length one size work the whole story that was a huge challenge and it's, and if it's I, not just about the size of the the camera itself it's just that the frame. what i meant the frame yeah the, the yeah. frame the size of it's always super wide and and deep in focus so yep. then you have to come up with a ways of how to maybe use that depth and your advantage to tell a story on and how not to make it boring. And so that was crazy, you know, to, 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 to explore that with the iPhone. But now I'm more like, oh, what, what can we what can we do with different lenses? And, you know, I started playing with that and changing lenses and telling story with, with that, which is new to me. I was always kind of uh, separate from cinematography. I would, I would just invite some somebody I knew to be a DP and they would just, you know, discuss the, the shots. But how it comes together was always a bit of a mystery and now uh, embracing this self-shooting you know process i'm I'm learning about that which is joy as well education well you did pretty good consider i mean um the the opening scene you know that walk that long from prison or or oh no through under the bridges right yeah i mean that was pretty, that was a great opening scene, I think, from my perspective, right? Because it was a follow shot, right? Yeah, yeah, we just, you know, that's just, again, um, being, like, being on the wave, like, riding a wave, you know, you feel things are happening and just go, and I was, I did, it was a first take, I just, okay, let's go walk around there, let's see what happens, and I was, I couldn't believe what's happening, holding the, you know, the thing, like, even when, it's just, you know, gimbal was great, and I, I think I was used to it enough, and just the flowing, and then we just, you know, it just happened, that thing, you know? Well, gimbals are not magical, by the way. A lot of people think, oh, <laughs> I take it out of the box. Why can't oh, I do tough, that? Why does it yeah, feel like yeah, I'm yeah. on a ship, you know? It's like, well, you, yeah, you it's technique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, again, like practice, 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 right? It makes yeah. perfect. So I think, you know, as, I think phone, like shooting on, on, on an iPhone and using gimbals and all that stuff, I think it's really, really cool if you're, it's meant to be easy, easily used, right? You don't need the crew around it. So I think if somebody gets getting into that, just grab it and go shoot loads of stuff. Just play around with it until it becomes extension of you, you know, extension of your hand. So, you know, when you grab a phone, that's how I came up with an idea to shoot on a phone. I realized I, I didn't have at the time enough knowledge to, to go shoot something on a, on a, on a proper camera. And and it wasn't like it was out of out of out of question with the, with the budget and everything. But um, at the same time, I thought, okay, I'm, every time I see something on the street, I see a nice sunset or I see like, I don't know like something happening. And 
my, my personal Instagram is just sunsets and city lights and nice. you know stuff that you just come across just you know, on a walk in London. Um, it, you just take it out and you just quickly grab it. And with like Filmic Pro, for example, you can set it up so it's you know you have quite a range to play with in terms yeah. of light balance. So I thought if if it's going to be so easy to shoot something like grab a snap for Instagram, then yeah, this could work. So I just had to spend enough time to acquaint myself fully with that so I could just grab stuff like real quick and make sure they look good, good enough for people now just to, to call it the movie, you know? So I think, yeah, if, if anybody's getting into that and anything, any equipment, just just experiment, shoot, 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 do it as much as every time, any like passion endeavor like filmmaking is just, you have to, you know, it's really difficult to, it's easy to, you know, wish for the glamour or something, but it's so much just, grind and if you if you you know everybody has the same like everybody would choose the same sort of pleasures but you know like what kind of pain do you choose i mean it sounds a little bit elaborate but and, and fancy well, but and you don't get to carry an easel and a set of paint everywhere you go you have to sort of plan for that and you do the same thing with video and films where you have to plan to take your camera out and things like that but with the phone you have a million well you have 24 hours a day to practice yeah exactly and you know you I would say with any equipment that, that you can do without the team, um, even like with Blackmagic or, or DSLRs, you know, people should love with that. I mean, in DVs, whatever, you know, it's just anything you do, you have to spend enough time to, to really be comfortable with it because nobody takes something from a box and shoots amazingly, you know, like right. nothing, no camera. <laughs> Actually, you know, when people say, oh, you shot this with the iPhone. And so many films that with with massive expensive professional cameras don't look as good occasionally. You know, like there are it's cases true. like that. People make make yeah. you know. There you go. So, I think it's it's the equipment doesn't make it. You know, you need certain equipment to make certain results. And right. I couldn't compare this with oh, you know, I'm sure it would look way better if we had the equipment. You know, but um, every equipment has its own like advantages and disadvantages, and you just pick and choose depending on the project and result you want to get. So I'm not saying like iPhone is the answer, you know, go shoot like a Hollywood movie. Like it's still got massive limitations, of course. And there's a reason why those cameras cost so much and, and, and need really good professionals operating them. Right. They will give you results that you wouldn't maybe get. But, you know, you can't escape the fact that the, the, the divide is narrowing. And, well, you and, can't and wrap a story around the equipment and the, the qualities that equipment has. Yeah, I, th I think it's just... You know, in, in the filmmaking community, it's too much of fetish, you know, I think, with uh, with the <laughs> yeah. and and too little focus on, you know, what, what makes it like, you know, a shot is what you put in front of it as well, you know, and yeah. how it's, you know, lit and, and what's happening there, you know, and the camera is just, you know, it's just apparatus to capture what's what's there. And certain cameras have, of course, more of ability to capture more latitude and, you know, and more depth and more, <clears throat> you know, just it's only a tool, you know, it's just, I think, especially people who don't have that much, maybe knowledge, education is perhaps, or maybe too much, you know, they just put too much stock in it. Yeah. And um, I well, always want it. It's a toy and yeah. not, to, not to demean it, like saying, oh, it's just a toy, but it is a toy because it has that sort of appeal and attraction and, you know, the interaction with it, uh, but it can also be very intimidating. But exactly. Both, both. And, and, um, I think if, if, if it starts with, you know, I think Steve Jobs said this about, um, you know, there was a question about like how does he come up with, you know, 
the, the stuff. And he, he said, like, you start if you start with a consumer, you know, and then you try to come up with technology that that satisfies the needs, mm-hmm. then you you know it's it's a good path. And same here, like if you start with a story and like what's actually the minimum that you need to tell the story, you know, to do it justice. And again, like not every story would be possible to be told the same way we told Ghost. But I just knew that, you know, the way at least my process works is that I come up with the two things goes hand in hand. I don't I don't write a script which involves like you know armies of orcs and then think oh shit where's this, where's the budget you know I <laughs> now you're talking yeah, about Lord of the to, Rings or yeah. something yeah 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 I mean you know anything um, if if you you know circumstances always there and you have to like are you ready to go and apply for for funding or are you ready to you know is this going to be financially viable are you good, ready to chase the budget you know and That's... I've been on projects involved where directors. You know, we're looking, way waiting and waiting and applying and then pitching, you know, to get the movie made. And the focus was to get a certain budget, a certain actors involved. Um, four, and a half, four and a half out of five films in, in the traditional film industry, in Hollywood films, could have been shot with an iPhone or a Samsung or something. I mean, all these, all these, you know, like you know, stories. I mean, do they need? Do you, do you need the massive crew? Do you, does it need to be lit that beautifully? You know, it's a question. I think it's a question nobody like really, you know, many people don't ask themselves. You know, like, what's the minimum? I think the, for me, the drive was okay. I wanna. That's it. I'm almost thirty. I thought, you know, and and I, I feel like okay. Will I be the filmmaker? How do? Or will the guy wanted to be a filmmaker and. What is a filmmaker? I want to make a feature. I think feature film is just, you know, fine. If I do a feature film, it's going to... So what's the sh- most straightforward way, you know, to, to make an actual feature? And what I meant is not just capture footage for an hour and a half. But, right. You know, something that I would consider myself, honestly, like that would connect with people. People would take, you know, accept it as a film. And, and I would accept it as a film. And keep your um, audience captivated throughout. You know, again, your audience. When you say yeah. your audience, like the... the the thing with um, the the opening shot, you know, the under the bridges with the sunrise, mm-hmm. you know, like it connects with you. That's your, th- you know, you you get it. Like you enjoy it. That and the audience that that's the film belongs to. They love it. You know, they love all these, you know, silences and and awkwardnesses and you know all this stuff. And but then they're like, you know, not every viewer gets it, and, and other people disregard it as boring. You know, and I've had plenty of, you know. Um, feedback from from people, yeah. um, and it's just not every film is for every audience. Like Transformers, like every like dishing under Transformers. If if they were like that bad, like nobody loves it, then why it made so many money? You know, so much money. You know, like, why so many people watched it? Yeah. You know, like a certain, you know, certain cultures, certain you know, like certain just certain people love certain art. You know, and it's, 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 you know the, the the difficult thing and the key thing is when you have a tiny film like that. You know how to reach the people that would actually enjoy it, not like as many as possible, but how to get the actual people, and and that's why internet and you know chance to 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 distribute like on Amazon, they, they give it you know raise it up and Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. I mean you know it's it feels like a quite a you know like a terrible battle there as well because everybody does it and then all you know all the studios do it and you you, you know fighting for attention oversaturated market it's crazy. But at the same time, you maybe you can, you know, if you can tap into a narrow market, that the, the toughest thing is the feeling like you know, when you get like reviews from critics or audiences that they love it, you know, they love exactly, they really do connect with it. 
then you just feel like this push. Oh my God, how can I? So many people would love it if they would find it. True. You know what I mean? Like, how do I make them find it? Um, when do I let go? You know that that's it. You know, whether meant to be, they'll find it somehow. I don't know because you don't have a, a budget to advertise. You can't endlessly, you know, push it and market it. Um, well, you have to have people like hopefully me more too to uh, yeah to push it out there and to promote it. Um, and again, um, like I told you in the beginning, I think when we started our conversation, even before recording, it's about you, it's about you, Anthony, being the now. Do you like to be called Anthony Z, or just Anthony? I like to be called anything, you know, as long as anything, I'm called, right? anything sounds <laughs> anybody, like. anybody. Yeah, it's like great, you know. But it's a sad um, thing when nobody calls you, um, right? But um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I think promoting. Um, your work and promoting you and your attitude, your perspective, your, you know, that, that you went out there and did this and that you've been doing this for so long um, also brings something to the audience in this podcast, all our listeners, um, and to the mobile film community in general, uh, which includes not just professional filmmakers and experienced you know, videographers, uh, it includes actors, it includes, you know, a landscape or a dentist and uh, someone's mom, you know, it includes everybody who has a smartphone and who does not have a story. Um, so um, I just, I think that everything that we just discussed here today, and I'm, and I hope it will, and if anyone in, of our listeners is listening, um, go ahead and uh, tweet or post or share or whatever um, and, and let us know and, and connect with Anthony uh, because I believe everything you said is very inspiring. And, um, and I think some people will listen to this and get out there and do it just because of all the things and your perspective that you just talked about. Thanks, Susie. I mean, I really hope that that this, you know, whoever listened to this was found some use in it. And um, at the same time, I, I think the only thing you can hope for from from the you know the people uh, from the audience is if if you do actually watch the film and you actually do like it, and you know somebody who might like it too, you know, don't stop. Just let them know. You know, like let them know. And that's the only way films like that can uh, discover an audience and then you know be of use and then live. Will, such know, a good story. Well. Such a good story, and and the film really does evolve. And when when you guys, you know, everybody that's listening to this, when you watch this film, if you haven't already, um, you're just it's going to make an impact on you. And it's one of those films where it kind of keeps rolling around in your head. And and that's one of the one of the traits of a good film is that you know. The end credits, you know, you turn on the lights or whatever, and then you're like, wow, I'm still thinking about that film. And maybe later at night or the next day, you're still thinking about that scene or, you know, or something about that film. This is that kind of film, Anthony. You really did a great job with this. And I know there's a personal, um, well, when is it not personal, right? When you're making a film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, and anybody getting into it, actually, you know, when I thought recently, oh, I'll make this tiny film, always going to be like quick, you know, and this film was like, oh, I'm going to just experiment, try to make a feature, but yeah, it's going to be like quick. And now, of course, 
it would, you know, when you try it once, especially now and next one, I would just be more efficient with time and probably I would be able to release it quicker and then just, but at the same time, you know, like if you really want to make a film properly, like tell a story, be, be really do, do, do justice. You have to be prepared. It's going to eat up loads of your time and your effort and attention. And like, really, you know, like, like you can't like casually have a kid and raise a kid. Right. So you can't, you know, can't casually make a film and I hope it to be quality and, and, and have value, I think. I mean, that's, I mean, that's only me, but I, I think next film I want to make, it has to be a bit better and a bit deeper and, you know, have a step up for me and for the audiences who, you know, now like some people who saw this maybe want to see what's next. And, you know, you can't just, you have to take it seriously, I think, in a way. And like it's, I think on one hand, I think for filmmakers to accept filmmaking as a hobby and not push it to become a career that you can pay rent with. Right. I think that would really... Really, I mean, for me personally, it just freed me up, you know, and, and brought love back in the thing, you know, like just a creative endeavor. Um, and at the same time, you still have to take it very seriously, you know, uh, if you're going to just half-heartedly just do it. It has to be playful and it can be fun and not perfect. At the same time, <clears throat> certain aspects need to be serious, I think, because then you're just not going to be... The thing is, if, if you succeed, if you finish it, it's going to get out there in the world. People are going to see it. And people are going to see it like a real film, you know? Not your, you know, not your friends and family. Oh, thanks, Anthony, you did this thing. It's good for you, you know? People, like, when I see people, like, you know, on Amazon or, or Letterboxd or IMDb just, you know, rating and, and commenting and, you know, this and that and good and bad. And you see it's out there. It's in the street. People have, you know, people can speak about it. People can discuss it. Yeah. And they judge it. And if you didn't do your best, you know, they might like, not like it, but if you know you did your best with a, at the time that you could, at least you feel okay, you can sleep at night, you know, but if you feel like, oh, it's out there and that's, that's your baby and, and you, you sort of half-heartedly did it, yeah, that would be, you know, that would be a shame. Yeah, so, and, and, it's, and, and it is out there. And the other thing, too, is that there are a lot of, a lot of great stories that are being held back by, by budgets and... And try people who were doing like what you were talking about earlier, which is, you know, I, it's got to be like this. It's got to be like that. It's got to be this way. It's got to have that. It's like, let it go. Grab your phone and yep. just get out there and do it because you're holding yourself back in the end uh, from creating something awesome. And, and, and yes, it can be. And don't underestimate the power of your story and the power of what you can do. And I think not, it goes beyond just shooting it, getting mm -hmm. in the can. Oh, yeah. So many, so, many, so many projects I know of, they were, for example, you know, shot but never edited because, oh, you know, um, or, or edited, finished, and not released. Tried some festivals, which is, again, a whole new theme and subject, the festivals and then right. the market. You know, like, they didn't get the success they wanted, the approval they wanted, and, and they, oh, fuck it, and they just leave it. I don't know if I can swear on this, but you're yeah, not the first leave that world. <laughs> yeah, 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 leave it. But anyway, they just leave it be, and they forget. About it. And everybody who who put their time and effort and sweat, you know, they just want the film to be out and alive, so they could, you know. And uh, don't pressure the film to win you something or to give you any, you know, money back even, you know. But let it live if it's there, you know. Don't don't make something that you would be ashamed of later, you know. Really try to do something good, but then. Push it, push it, push it until it's really, you know, <laughs> I 
I mean, it's up to you to decide when it's done. But um, yeah, it's ironic that you were talking about that because actually the production part of production, there's three parts to it. There's pre-production and then there's post. But actually in post usually is is the longest part. That's what consumes the most time um, in in the traditional filmmaking industry and independent film is the post-production. That takes the longest yeah, and then there's actually post-production, and on top of it, there's a whole release, right? That's a, that's a, you know yeah, the whole new hard. thing. It's yeah. as tough as all the production parts, because with with post-production is is sort of is difficult in in different sense than production. Production is like is grueling, you know, two weeks a month, whatever, you know, like. Yeah. But people come in and play, and they, they you know they it's much more uh, sort of active, and people come in and then play, you know, like in the sand sandbox for for a day or two or a week or a month. And, and to get people inspired to come out and show up, and that's one thing. But then to, to get somebody or, or, or yourself to spend months in a dark room grading or polishing sound and stuff like that, that that's, that's, that's a different thing. You have to put it in a, you know, account. Yeah, and the marketing about. part comes into and then that. Stuff, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that, that comes into post. And a lot of times this is where when you have somebody Stops. who's paying yeah. for your film, that's where mm-hmm. they come in and start to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another you know? thing. Like, you know, the story with Fight Club when it was released and it was marketed as a sort of, I don't know, violent fight film. Not, yeah. not what it is. You know, it's just, you know, the, the, the angle they were pushing for was, um, I think, for even wrestling fans and stuff like that. Yeah. Different, you know, wrong audience. And when marketing comes in and it might be not the best fit, but it, you're out of your hands because somebody else is paying for it. So it bombed, like, it, at the, you know, it was really not doing very well at, at the theaters. And then it was rediscovered years after as in a DVD release. And it's one of the most popular films, and everybody's top ten, you know, now. So, you know, first of all, films you might, you know, patience and everything. You know, push it like you need it tomorrow, but you know it's going to take a while for it to discover audience or, or, or just get completed. Um, and and everything with advocating that the micro budget tiny films is that you can, especially now with internet and all these platforms, you can really try to tap into the audience that will get it, that will enjoy it, that do need it, that look for it, um, instead of just massive, like, yeah, watch it, you know, like Blockbuster, you know, like, nope. Right. Maybe most people won't even enjoy your film, and that's okay, you know, because there's plenty of stuff that they require, they, they want to see Spider-Man 15, you know, and that's okay. Um, and you can't make that, and maybe you shouldn't, because people are doing that. That's covered, that's done, that's covered. Do, don't worry about it. Do your thing. Yeah. That maybe this empty, that, that spot is empty that your film you're like I was. All, I'm also organizing a film festival nice. in London. Uh, yes, the Story Image Fest, and we're into second year now, and we're receiving a lot of submissions from around the world, and you know, like unexpected places, like um, in the Middle East, and like oh yeah, area areas you didn't, wouldn't expect good stuff, quality art house stuff to come from, you know, and and they have people in in these places that have completely different experiences. You know, and 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 both cinematic uh, heritage is different, and live heritage, and that just people, faces, characters, textures. You know, we had a we had a film that we uh, we feature a community stories film every year, uh, which is a a story that's told from within. Actually, your film almost fit that category because it was a personal thing, but but not really, right? But if you're a Mm -hmm. part of that that community or culture you know and you're sharing that story that's the purpose of community story and we had a filmmaker and he was from iran yeah you know? yeah iran is, is yeah. really the, 
I was so surprised. You know, that's I think last year's you know our first edition. I think so many movies ended up being in the selection from Iran and Kurdish filmmakers because it's just its quality is great, like really cinematic stuff. Yeah. But it's also very fresh and real and incredible, and it's you know the, the subjects and themes are universal, but by being from 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 you know like different worldview and you know it just fresh at the same time and more real and just as soon as people stop trying to imitate film you know what is cinematic now if it's trying to imitate the stories the characters and genres you know they stop imitating that and try to do their own thing just of course learn from you know like visual language or you know of course you know like well we've all grown up with watching movies yeah yeah yeah. it's it's always there and you know so these films are very cinematic but very real and grounded and fresh and not trying to be something they just are this is a story that's right. you know that, that it's incredible i loved it that was really big fan and and that they you know they sent, sent new film the, the, the winner of, of our festival last year sent a new film this year so again a completely new different thing entirely but it has their own you know signature style and it's it feels very genuine and then yeah, it doesn't seem to be trying to please anything. It's just oh, a story. As, as the but, founder of a film festival myself, I know exactly what you're talking about right there. Um, it's uh, it becomes emotional because you you're you're not just watching a film, you're selecting the film, but you're also getting to know the person behind the film. Yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, you know, our festival is tiny, so not many filmmakers. I you know, um, doesn't make sense for them to make a trip. Um, and most of the films that get selected just happens to be from outside a lot, you know, because we look for f- fresh stuff. And um, and I'm not saying that you have to be from, you know, uh, obscure side of a, of the globe to, to to make a, you know, you could, you know, I'm in London, you know, this story is based in London, so you could be anywhere, um, and you can still find, you know, as long as it's genuine, the the, the point of view, uh, and it comes from a place wanting to tell something. And not imitate, not impress, not get a job, you know, as a filmmaker. <laughs> then it's going to be good stuff, you yeah. know, I promise you. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good stories out there, um, definitely. A lot of good films. And uh, independent film, I think, has superseded the Hollywood industry in many ways over the last, I would say, at least 15 years as far as more and more people beginning to appreciate independent filmmakers. And I'm, I'm talking about just the consumers in general, um, as opposed to, you know, um, well, I could, I could keep talking to you for days and hours, um, quite honestly. So, you know, uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast and, uh, you'll have to stay in touch, uh, personally as well. Um, Anthony, one last, one last thing. Just give your final advice really quick, a, a really brief kind of like a line or a couple of, a few sentences that would share with our listeners to really get them, get them going and to feel confident enough to just start putting their story together to make a film. Um. Yeah, if, if I had to, like final thoughts would be, you know, we were just pondering about like Hollywood, for example, and it's easy to dish on it and say, oh, Hollywood is like not letting us become or do something or it's too much of commercial stuff. I think it's just, you know, in the film and, and, and Hollywood, it's just two different things. And I think it's a big mistake of putting like equality sign, like cinema is Hollywood, 
you know, or, or commercial film. It's not, you know, and the purpose for, of, of Hollywood is, is like a business is, you know, like, like McDonald's in a way, you know, like nothing wrong with McDonald's if you want it, you know, mm. it's out there and get it. And of course, it's going to take all the, all the space with advertising. And at the same time, it's, it's what people want. If they wouldn't want it, they wouldn't be there. So, uh, and if people want some more quality food or more quality cinema, different stuff, try different flavors, different cultures, it's there. It's there for them to be found and discovered. And, and, and there's more platforms coming up that, that offer that. But don't be discouraged by the gatekeepers. And, you know, if, if you make a film, people are curious. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was surprised by, like, how many people saw the film. We had, like, over 130,000 views, like, streams mm-hmm. the first few months on, on, on Amazon from UK only. And, and, and now we're getting into Amazon US and trying to tap into the audience because of the algorithms. And all that. It's very difficult, especially with the title Ghost. But, um, but it's get, getting, getting, getting out there. And uh, I think it's, it's fixing itself up in, in, that, in that way. Um, so, you know, Hollywood is there. And if you, if you want a job and you want to get paid and then be popular, there's, there's ways to get there. I don't know much about it. And, but there are people, you know, still, you know, doing it. But if you actually want to just become a filmmaker, tell stories through film, now is perfect time, and and there's plenty of people who, who will join in in the fray with you. So as long as it's you know not for you to become something or to build a career or become rich or something on other people's backs, but you genuinely want to, you know, get together and make a film, get together and have fun, have this experience. I, I think now we started making shorts. Last thing I want to say is actually we, we started making shorts recently, um, just randomly. We come up with a story, meet up with some actors, some, somebody like you know whatever to tiny crew and cast, go and shoot something in a day or two. Um, and I used to make shorts for the reason to become my calling card, to win a festival, to to to, to get somebody noticed, to save me, to raise me to you know somewhere. Um, and and it was always in a way painful because you know you try to, you know the the. the the marks you want to hit, that like, who, you know, it's not necessarily genuine, you know, and and you always disappointment and then becoming jaded of of results. And now after making this, now we're making shorts as the best comparison is, you know, meeting your, your friends and to play basketball in, in the courtyard, you know, yeah. or jazzing, you know, jazz, um, just jamming with your mates in the evening, you know, just just you do it for the joy of doing it, not for the result. And you might end up with a little film as well. So that's what we started doing, and I think that's that's number one thing you should do. Just go something, just enjoy it. Don't forget the, the joy and art of it. Um, and it might, you know, might take you places. Who knows? But don't think about it. You know. Awesome! Wow, guys, say goodbye to our listeners, and I and and uh, just so you know, you guys, if you don't get out there and make a movie now after everything that we've just been discussing, then then just Hold on for a day and then think about it one more time, and I bet you will. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Say Thanks, good- Susie. It's been a pleasure, and um, best of luck to, to everybody who's going to you know, try and make a film afterwards.